Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your From the Forefront podcast from FX Missions. Appreciate you joining us. If you have an opportunity, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your content, and we really appreciate it. Check us out on fxmissions.com for more similar content in the written form. And today we are stoked, pretty excited. I've got, you know, an old friend. We're both very young, by the way, but uh, we've known each other quite a while is what I'm trying to say. This is like an honor for me, and we haven't talked a lot in a while, so I've got to do a lot of catch up here with Elizabeth Braswell. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. I was about How to are cor- you? correct you when you said old friends. <laughs> no. No, we're, we're not old. We're, we're young friends who've known That's each right. other a long time. That's yeah. It. I think we must have met in 2007, maybe? Probably there or eight, probably beginning of 2008. Okay. Yep. That sounds right. And that's when you guys were, you were coming from, uh, what do they call that? Eastern North Carolina, I guess, over to Charlotte area. Yes. You're quite a lady. Let me just say that. I'm not trying to flatter you, but I know you're a consequential person. And I've known that, you know, since we uh, have known each other, you guys, of course, have been on a journey as well. You and Keith, you guys are consider you good friends. Sadly, I haven't seen you in a while. And I'll take, uh, I think I did see you on the mountain last time, though. No. Seriously? No, we have not seen your face on this mountain. So I'm going to (laughs) <laughs> I'm in worse trouble than I thought it was. Sorry about that. Well, uh, but here we are catching kind of up. Friend, that's you know when you're saying that, I'm like, isn't that the good kind of friends to have that you can go years without seeing each other and probably pick up right where we left off? Yes, that is an awesome thing. But we got to catch up in person too. Now, obviously, we're both moving around quite a bit, so yeah. we'll have to coordinate. But Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about your journey. I, we're going to get into some of the things you're up to and, and that, but mm. tell us a little bit about you and about where you come from. Hmm. Maybe a fun fact that we wouldn't otherwise know, that I wouldn't otherwise know. Maybe. Well, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tune back in three hours later, everybody, when we're still talking about <laughs> this question. Okay, what can I say in a nutshell? Well, you know what? When you and I met... In 2008, you know, I I look at my life now almost like pre-2008 and everything that happened there. And then the journey, you know, it's almost like in these 10-year segments. And I look at it from about 30 to 40 years old in that pre-kind of 2008, because I turned 40 Mm. September of 08. I always, when I'm speaking to people or sharing with women you know, I was a really strong believer, headed up women's ministry, was doing the stuff, right? Beth Moore Bible mm. studies, all the things, church startups. 
but I was in the world and of the world still because we were very career focused, success driven. I've always been an entrepreneur and, you know, I kind of didn't know what I didn't know. And at that stage of life in my early 30s, I was still really getting or trying to get all of my my identity, my value, my worth from what I did. And mm. so it really, what I did kind of became who I thought I was, right? And so if mm. I was going to do something, by golly, I was going to be the best, go to the top, the fastest, that kind of thing. So that was kind of my 10-year journey from 30 to 40. And I de- started dealing with a lot of health issues. And really what happened in 2008, Scott, when we met you guys, is I basically had a three-day encounter with the Lord in May of 2008 Mm. that changed my whole life and the direction of our life and the journey that we would go on. I went to to a gathering, a conference for what I thought was going to be a a healing conference. And of course, I was dealing with health issues, needed Uh a lot of healing in my physical body. But what started happening was the Lord started touching and healing my heart. So... Mm. And literally overnight, I mean, overnight, my business brain went to mush, my (laughs) desire for all the things that had been so, I tell people on Monday when I left, these were the things that the, the world deemed important. And so, so did I. And by the time I got back on Wednesday, I, everything was just lackluster and I knew that I could never go back. And and I didn't know what going forward looked like, but I knew I couldn't go back. And so that was May. By by August, we were in a whole nother place in a whole nother town where we didn't know anybody, where my husband was commuting two to three hours back and forth to where he had his business. I mean, we went from our dream home, a horse farm we had in Southern Pines, to living in a little one-bedroom apartment for a little bit before we transitioned. So we were kind of in a little bit of a shock. (laughs) Yeah. And so that started, that was the 2008, really. That was my pre-life. And then we've been on this just incredible, incredible journey since then. So what are we now, 11 years later? We sure Um, are. Yeah. Yeah. Still on the journey, you know, still... But have just come so far. It's just really yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, I mean, uh, thanks for sharing that about when in your 30 to 40 time frame there. Mm. Because I, I think I know for myself, we obviously have a lot of that in common where you're kind of going in a direction mm-hmm. and the Lord totally interrupts you. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways, it seems like... Uh, it's definitely a favor the Lord's doing, but it also, like you say, you you know you can't go back, but you don't know what forward looks like. Exactly. And, uh, wow, that's a uh, yes. Yeah. Alas, we you know we can stick right there for a while, but I'm uh, I'm tracking with you, and yeah, those during those years, you know, the Lord was doing a lot and making the most efficient use of time. You know, you've been through some health issues and, and difficulties. Mm-hmm. You were went from there to be in ministry. You, mm-hmm. Of course, you're, I think, one thing about you, Elizabeth, you're always ministering to somebody. You're always mm-hmm. impacting someone's life. And I know 
to have had a professional background and you cultivated, even during the time when career success and identity through what you accomplished was so important to you, you were cultivating depth in your life mm-hmm. that the Lord has used. Not that for the same reasons, perhaps, that you were using, you know, that you were focused on back in those days. Yeah. But uh, I, I believe that. Does that sound right? I think it's right for all of us, don't you? I mean, it's... yeah. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I'll share. I'll never forget one day I was sitting in the Starbucks at Valentine right there. If you'll remember, <laughs> random, yes. just by myself, random on a Wednesday morning, having a cup of coffee, talking to the Lord in my heart and just thinking about my past and some of the things, you know, some of us, we can look at our past and, you know, oh, why'd that happen? Oh, you know, I wish this had been different. Oh, why was my childhood? Whatever, whatever thoughts come into people's minds about their past. And in an instant, the Lord completely healed me of ever looking at my past that way, because he said to me, no, he said, your past is a privilege. And he started Mm -hmm. to show me how, you know, my spirit was with his spirit before it was in my mother's womb. And then he showed me this circle where before I was in my mother's womb, there was an agreement there was unity between my spirit and his spirit. Same with you, Scott, and, and any of us. And then we come into this world and all of the things that you or I or any of us might look in our past and look at as a woe is me or wish I could change it. He showed me that all of those spots that we look at in one way are actually, it's like the refiner's fire. And mm. if you look at it like a circle, all of those things are forging the message and the calling and the destiny that he deposited in us that we had an agreement about in the spirit realm before we came into the earth. And so Mm. I was like, Oh, okay. Totally. (laughs) Everything for me from, you know, any about situations from childhood and just all kinds of stuff to go, you know, he, we know that he uses all things for good, but to look at our past as a Mm. privilege and one that's actually forming forming us to walk in the fullness of what he's designed us for instead of any mistakes or or things like that. So yeah, that helped Mm. me tremendously. Absolutely. That was cool. A cool encounter. Yeah. And boy, what a blessing to get that perspective, you know, that, that, uh, that helped. (laughs) That did help. In Starbucks on a Wednesday morning. He's He's good like that. You still remember the day. Come on, that's oh, awesome. Of course, I do. I can, I mean, don't you remember m- things where the Lord speaks to you so profoundly and something that really shifts? Can't you just go like, oh my gosh, I can remember being at, you know, whatever. So not everything. I, I laugh. I'm like, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but some of these things that are big like that, I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I probably don't remember the day. Yeah. I, I really, I don't remember the day. I like that, though. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. awesome. I like it, but I don't remember the day. Yeah. You know, in terms of day of the week, you know I what I mean? To, I, I can never forget the day, but right. don't remember the day of the week. So you and Keith, you guys have been married a, a few years now. Yeah. You met in Raleigh, if I remember right. Good memory. He was in the concrete business or in that type of business, road business, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You had quite a bit of time in the marketing business. Mm-hmm. I did. 
and that was before 2008 mm-hmm. or or you know was was that was the closing of that chapter as it seems from what you've said is that the right way to interpret that absolutely yep okay so as you said you didn't know what forward looked like but you knew you couldn't go back yeah so how how uh how can you explain that to us a little bit how mm-hmm. how is that forward looked like well when I look back, I'm like, what in the world? The Lord had to just, we were just, we were just going for it. You know, I don't, I don't know that we, and people, you know what people always ask me, Scott, they always ask about Keith and I and how in the world did I talk my husband into, you know, going on the same path. And we, that never, that never happened for us. We, when I went home and God just was doing stuff and he got, Keith has always just been like, okay, let's go for it. You know, whatever. So I've been very wow. thankful for that. But when I look back and one of the things that I share with people now is, and one of the things that I've learned, because I'll never forget at that time, I had other people in my life that, that felt that they were called to step out or do something different, whether it be a move. I remember one family specifically felt called to another geographic location and mm-hmm. all these things. But I watched people try to figure it all out. They kind of knew but they wanted to try to figure it all out before they would go and step into it. So mm-hmm. we feel yeah. called, let's just say, you know, Oh, we're a family. We feel called to a geographic location. Well, we need to figure that out. We need to figure out what we're going to do for work, where we're going to live, where we're going to do it. We, they make the checklist, right. Of all the things that you need to figure out in the natural, what we did. And I can't, you know, just as the way it's always worked for us is that we cannot try to figure it out in our natural mind. We simply have to step on what the Lord is showing us at that exact moment in the window of when he's showing it to us. And in the stepping, the stepping is what unlocks the next step. And it's not formulaic, you know, the God's not a God of formulas, All the, but I've also watched people that didn't step because I didn't know the facts and the figures, I've watched windows mm-hmm. close. And yeah. so I just believe that the next step looks like doing what's right in front of you, just the little piece that you may know, you know, just a little mm-hmm. bit of movement. And in that movement, the next thing will reveal itself instead of just sitting around like trying to figure out what the next step is. Just get into some movement. Right. So that's the way it's worked for us. Really. Yeah, really pretty consistently. Now, you guys have kind of been on your track. I'm going to say you tell me, but I think you've been on your the current track you're on and one that seems like it's got some legs, if you will, for five, six. You've been you've been how long you guys been in the mountains? We moved here in 2012. So we've been up here for seven years. Seriously? I know. Wow. Crazy. Yep. That was another one. Had no clue what in the world, but just took the step. Same kind of thing. But yeah, we've been here since yeah. well. Well, I, I applaud the bravery of you guys. And taking those next steps, a lot of times it's just fear that holds us back, you know, yeah. from, yeah, I think you've got to obey what little bit you do know before you can expect to know more about or get more understanding about what your steps are going to look like. 100%. Takes courage, that's for sure. 
It does. And, uh, it does. Yeah. People that think, you know, I always laugh when they think if they're, they're going to become a Christian, it's going to mean some boring life. And I'm like, um, not really. It's a pretty adventurous life if you want to get right down to it. It is. It surely is. And you guys, I mean, you've made a lot of, pr- I mean, you've gotten a long ways down range since 12. Tell us a little bit about, I've got, obviously, as I'd mentioned to you before, I've got three or four key sections I wanted to, mm-hmm. to bring up. Tell us a little bit about women who gather mm. and what that's about. Well, that is something near and dear to my heart. I'll back up when I was in 2009. So right, you know, right after that three day encounter and that move mm-hmm. and all of that. I mean, I was just on fire, Scott, with mm. on fire for the Lord. And, and I really felt it was in March of 2009. I really felt like I was supposed to gather a handful of women. And it's so funny because recently it was our 10 year anniversary of that weekend in March of 2019. And so we went and we found even the old emails that I sent to all the girls and the old email that I sent to TJ, who happened to be at Rick's assistant and was like, hi, <laughs> I want to gather some women in the Moravians, in the Moravians, I called it. I didn't even know what the place was called. Like, I mean, it's fabulous. It's like, can you recommend a hotel or someplace to stay in the Moravians? So I didn't know anything about anything back then, but I had a handful of women that I felt like I was supposed to gather and mm-hmm. none of them knew each other, all from kind of different backgrounds or parts of my life. And some, well, a couple of them ended up knowing each other before. But anyway, all that to say, we came up here. We had a three-day, just tucked in, incredible encounter with the Lord. So mm-hmm. that was that. And, and it really, for some of us there, like Katie Roan, who's one of my dearest friends, Aaron Littleson, I think you may remember the name of the Littleson. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. two of the people that came and it just knit us together like we always say we're the three-strand cord now because they're so completely involved in women who gather now. And it just knit us together where we knew that we were supposed to be covenant friends and walk together, not just as friends, but to really champion the call of God's life on each of our lives. Mm. Side note, find those people because you have to have them. You know, we're not called to walk alone that scripture's there about a three strand cord for a reason. And I always encourage yeah. women to find those women is so important. So that was Oh nine. And so lo and behold, don't you know, 2012, we moved up here. That was not yeah. a, Oh, it would be fun to move up to the falls. No, that was not that. It was a clear word from the Lord. As a matter of fact, the first time I came up here, I met Buck Petty who recently uh-huh. passed away two, two weeks ago. I don't know if you knew that. I did but see that, yeah. I met Buck Petty, who really was a pioneer on this land. And it was really weird because I went home and I said to Keith, this is so weird. But when I was up there, I kept seeing you like riding on a tractor on the mountain, helping steward the land up there. So that was like, ten, you know, years before. And Keith, Keith was like, um, I have way too many things to do to go ride on a tractor on a mountain up in the middle of nowhere. So... <laughs> You're not thinking very clearly. But anyway, so we got up here, moved up here in 2012. And probably about 2014, I really just felt like I wanted to see about bringing some women up here. I had been back in corporate America training and speaking. And everywhere I went, 
Scott, women, there were so many women who were like me pre-2008 that were Mm. churched or knew the Lord, were quote-unquote Christians, but they had not had an encounter and Mm. really had their lives transformed. So the Lord was kind of putting that on my heart. And I here's a date again for you, but it was December 31st. It was New Year's Eve of 2013. And so January 1, 2014, in the middle of the night, the Lord wakes me up out of a deep sleep. And all I heard was women who gather, those three words. Mm. And I was like, what in the world? So I got up. It was the middle of the night. Got up. And, you know, started doing your Google search into what scripture that may be in. And lo and behold, that was found. Women Who Gather is found in Acts 16. And that is where Paul and the disciples went outside the city gates. And there were a group of women who had gathered by the riverside to pray. And that's where Lydia enters in. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So Uh here enters Lydia. A marketplace. She was known in the city gate. She was known in the synagogue. She was known to be God fearing. She was a successful marketplace woman, right? She was a seller of purple. So, and she had these other women with her and they had gathered for prayer, but they had not had an encounter. And so, oh, that makes me want to cry. Every time I talk about that, scripture just messes me up because. They had an encounter right there with the disciples when the disciples started sharing their hearts and sharing about Jesus and what all about this person. Lydia had an encounter and her whole life was changed from there. And it says that she went and her whole entire family got baptized. She had a surge of hospitality. She baptized her entire household. And she was really the first missionary into Europe. She opened up Europe. So, so much happened by the riverside with these women who had gathered because the disciples came and told them and shared their testimony, right? And so I was just like, that's where the name Women Who Gather came from. So, wow, wow, really cool. So, Women Who Gather, that's where that came from. So, I set a date and I said, okay, we're going to have a a weekend. Lord, we'll call it Women Who Gather. I'm going to open it up. Well, don't you know, the week before that very first gathering in 2014, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night again out of a dead sleep, and I saw a picture this time, and it was a woman in a field with a huge basket, like a, you know, for the harvest. And I had not seen that, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so two-pronged. This is, we are, yes, gathering women together. Yes, it's the women that are known in the church, that are that we want them to have an encounter. It's the Lydia's in the marketplace, but it's also the women who gather. These are the women who are going to be the gatherers. So mm. I knew that it was also an equipping of the harvesters. So that's where Women Who Gather came from. So we started simply with a women's weekend. Women's lives were changed. We've had one every year since 2014. We've got our next one in October this year. And we've done, I mean, we've got, we started a private Facebook group, as you know, you do, because that's what you do now. We do Bible studies. We, women have started women who gather groups in other areas. So it's just kind of taking on a life of its own. There's nothing formal about it. I will say yet, because you never know, but I've never felt like I was supposed to make it a non I don't know. I just, it's just been what it is for now. It's just a community of people that really just want to go further with the Lord. Right. 
Well, that's that's awesome. And, you know, I I applaud your what I'd call wisdom there in not formalizing that prematurely. It may be something that you do, but uh, as the Lord leads. But that's 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 super cool. It keeps it. I think it survives on the basis of the relationships that Mm -hmm. make it up, Mm -hmm. not some kind of, you know, something beyond that, which is really cool. I think it's it's beautiful and. And I know that a lot of lives have been impacted and uh, Mm. directions changed, direction given, course correction, you know, all that kind of stuff like the Lord loves to do. So women who gather. So do you guys normally do that gathering in the fall of the year? No, you know what? We've normally done this gathering in the spring of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited about having one in the fall. And we want to start doing them more regularly. We did it. We didn't do the spring this year because Mm -hmm. January was Kenya. We did a women who got trip to Kenya and we've got Mm -hmm. another one coming up in two weeks, three weeks today from today in June. So it was just a lot to put in there. Right. Yeah. So it got October this year. You've taken women who gather on the road. I guess this would be a great segue into Kenya. (laughs) There we go. So, yeah. Tell us and, and do rewind a little bit. Of course, you know, I've been working in Kenya since 08. So, I mean, we got that in common. We haven't been on the ground in Kenya together, which we could fix that could. at some point. We and we should. Yes. But, you know, the talk to us about mm. your involvement and how kind of the lead up was, because I know you've yeah. been this will be your third trip to Kenya. Am I right? That's right. Yep. Third okay. trip in nine months. I'm like. Lord, I know. you're making up for you're making up for not getting there sooner. I mean, I just never, <laughs> I never in a million years would have thought. But you know, as God uh, can I say something right yeah. here? E? Yeah, you know, I just want to tell this just to get it on the record. Okay. I remember the first time I was trying to convince you to get your passport. Mm. Let's just say the Lord has done a work. <laughs> yes. Yes. You were not that you were not that stoked about it in no. what, probably 2010 or something. No. And you know what? I mean, I told the kids last time at the school, I was like, oh, I was talking to all of them. And I just was like, look, I am a 50 year old m- woman who is a homebody who hates to fly. I mean, I not just hate it. I have a fear of flying. I don't love leaving my family. And I'm like, so this is not, this is, I just wanting to know, this is not like, oh, let's go on a, you know, African safari. Let's just not go to, to Kenya for some fun trip. This is because God's eye is on you and mm. it's real deal. It's real deal or else I would not be here because it's not my cup of tea, you know, to do all that. Of chapter. course. I, and I wanted to emphasize that because I think a lot of times in our telling of the stories, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting it in a relatable way to people who have some responsibility in the nations, but they don't really, that's not their thing. And that's a lot of us who have some responsibility in the nations, but it's really not our thing to want to travel all over the world. So that was the case with you in this, in this particular example. Which makes it even more beautiful because then, you know, it's part of God's heart and that there's, and then there's a lot of grace around it yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, as God does everything, Scott, and even, even you reminding me of you saying, get your passport, like 
doesn't he just plant seeds all along and use people to set us up? But yeah, yeah, yeah. He does everything through relationship. And so on one of the years that we had our women who gather, well, let me back up. Well, all these details okay. really don't matter. But anyway, uh, uh, somebody. No, they do. They do. They do. Go ahead. Somebody please. that I had known through my time in the marketplace, she hopped into the Women Who Gather group and she started sharing and inviting it to other women in her area in Little Rock, Arkansas, right? As it happens. And so one of our Women Who Gather years, this group of women from Arkansas came from Little Rock. And one of them that came, her name is Carmen Fegley, and she's a lovely friend now and mom of two beautiful girls. Oh, as a matter of fact, her daughter Grace is flying in to spend the weekend with me because Carmen just wanted her to be here with me. So I'm going to be with Grace this weekend. But the other daughter, Abby, when she was 13 or 14 years old, went with her youth group to Kenya. And Hmm. while she was there kind of the Lord just put her on her, put all these kids on her heart. And she realized that none of them had ever seen their picture taken before. And there was a blue door in the orphanage. So she put them up against the blue door and she started taking their pictures. And the, or the head of the, the people that were doing the work on the ground and had been there doing work there for many years on the ground, started sharing with this 14 year old young girl. When Abby asked, what do you guys need? They need as sponsors. And so don't you know, with faith, like a child, she came back to the United States at 14 and just started talking and showing those pictures of those kids standing up against a blue door and started getting sponsors. Well, Mm. And thus, Blue Door Sponsorship was born, okay? And so, Carmen, her mother, came to one of our Women Who Gather retreats. That's where this connection all started. And so, I knew about Blue Door, and then my friend had was sponsoring a child. So, I'm driving down the highway one day, and my friend Sarah is over there on a trip, and she sends me a picture of two children. They thought they were twins at the time that had been just dropped off at Nita's sponsors. And when I, Scott, I mean, you know, probably what this feels like, but we've sponsored Mm. kids from all over. I mean, we've done all the, we've sponsored kids forever and love them and do the thing. But when these two children's faces came through my phone, I literally had to pull over on the side of the road and just, I wept because I knew they were my kids. I was Mm. like, I mean, one, I mean, they look kind of like a birthstone, which is a really weird thing, even though they're black and I'm white, but (laughs) <laughs> I was like, what is happening? These are my kids. What in the world? So I, so I started sponsoring them. And so God, I, I always laugh. I'm like, God used, not in a bad way, but he used Johnny and Shanice as this carrot to get me over there because I had to get to my kids. Right. And so yeah, yeah. I'll never forget. Carmen was talking to me about going and I said, I'll pray about going this year. And before I could even hang up the phone, my mother-in-law walked in with a stack of mail. And in it, there was a card with two hearts from Johnny and Shanice. And I called Carmen back and was like, okay, I'm going. So that's where that started. So that was January of last year. Not this past January, but January of 2018. Is that right? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. July of 2018. Yeah. So that was my first, that was my first going. And I went alone. And by alone, I didn't really go with anybody that I knew. She had a trip already going with people that they knew from Little Rock. And I knew I was supposed to go. And so I just went, I just stepped down and I went. And I also knew that I was supposed to go. You and I talked a lot before before going, but 
Yeah. I I was supposed to go and just observe. Like I knew God was going to do something in my heart, you know, like, yeah. Wasn't supposed to go and be a leader. Wasn't supposed to go. And I just was supposed to go and see. And I'll never forget you saying to me, you can't really prepare. So don't try. (laughs) You can't really prepare. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't understand that until I got there. And I got there and I literally, Scott, for, I felt like I had been dumped into the deep end of the pool. And I remember calling Aaron or texting them and Briskella, who you also know as well, (laughs) and saying, like, I literally within 24 to 48 hours of being there, kind of was having a semi-panic attack and thought, I've got to get home. And I am 9,000 miles away, time zone. I'm freaking. I'm like, I can't. I don't think I can do this for two weeks. I was so overwhelmed. And I wept, basically. I wept basically the entire time and I wept basically for a month or two after I got home. I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's powerful. Something I noticed here as you're talking, of course, you know, I'm, uh, I have a hard time relating to ladies very well sometimes. So, but I'll say that as a disclaimer for what I'm about to say. Right. I mean, three trips in nine months is, you know, that's kind of like a trimester thing, your third trip. Mm-hmm. Wow. Coming up, I would look for something potentially that the Lord's going to show you in terms of birthing yeah. something. But just a powerful, I, I think. The reason I knew you couldn't prepare is because that same thing happened to me my first time there, you know, in 2008. So I had a feel for that. But thank God for the things that are laying on the other side of the kinds of things that we encounter trying to get there. And even the challenges and those feelings like you're talking about Mm -hmm. that we have that, you know, we punch through a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So Blue Door, I want to just summarize a few things you said here. Blue Door, and is that Abby? That's Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abby, Blue Door, it's a sponsorship vehicle that you got involved with there mm-hmm. through those relationships, as you mentioned. Yeah. Then is it Johnny and Shanice? Johnny and Shanice, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen your pictures, but I, I didn't pick up the names. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're something else. Those kids are growing up too, aren't yeah, they? They are. In August, they'll be 15 and 16. So, yeah. 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 Well, that's precious. They were 10 and 12, I think. No, no, no. Wait. 50, mm. They were 10 and 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the Lord and you working together on this. And I know, I know that. I, I felt like uh, don't don't feel like too much of a late bloomer on the mission side. I, I really didn't get started going in missions mm-hmm. until I was thirty five. So I know I mean, I know you're not thirty five. I'm not saying it like that. Yeah. I'm just saying that when we get started, that's when a whole new section of meaning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're stepping into a whole new thing. Something that is is meaningful to us in a way that nothing else fills that space, if you will. So, yeah, I appreciate you doing, stepping out. And I think that's the watchword. When I think about you, uh, I think about courage and Mm -hmm. I appreciate your courage. And I think we, 
one of one of my friends from Brazil, you I think you would remember those guys down there. Well, it might have been a little bit before you got there where we were. But do you remember Philippe? Mm-hmm. I remember you talking okay. about Yeah, Philippe oh, was yeah, in yeah, from MSU. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Big hair, uh crazy. Yeah. Very much. He was he was with us in Mexico recently. Believe it or not, he came and joined a a leaders uh, retreat that we that we had, and he said, "You gotta take chances. You gotta demonstrate courage. If mm-hmm. you step out, you'll have a story as a result of it." And I think that's what's happening in these little steps of obedience: is we're getting a story. The Lord's yeah. filling in this canvas that he had in mind when our spirits were with him before, (laughs) before creation or whatever, you know, we, we, there was a canvas there, you know, and he's, 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 uh, he's filling in the colors and filling in the sections. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah. So we've got a few more minutes on this segment and I want to get you to hang on when we conclude on this segment, because we can do a couple more things, but tell us, about White Buck Farm. White Buck. What's that about? What is that about? So. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Pocket the Pig, but I. I... <laughs> Pocket the Pig has her own Instagram as of today. So. Oh, okay. Well, we'll send people to Pocket the Pig's Instagram. Oh my god! Mm. I mean, only because I was laughing. I was like, if I get more, I don't understand people. I laugh all the time. I'm like, I could write the most profound from depths of my heart posts and it could be like crickets, but you post a picture of a pig and people are going crazy. So anyway, I think Josh Young and I had that conversation like two weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, the same thing you're saying right uh-huh. now. So true. I'm like, <laughs> what? And the, the pig is eating like a piece of watermelon and everybody thinks it's the best thing it's like so anyway everybody's like we need an instagram for pocket so anyway she'll have one white buck pocket's got an instagram white buck farm go ahead White Buck farm has an instagram that's where we live here in moravian falls and what do i want to say about white buck farm this is an act of obedience and a something that didn't make any sense in the natural or logical as well this was Buck and Elaine Petty, who we dearly love, who were really the pioneers on the mountain where we are, this was their home. And they built this, I mean, the place where the where it's placed, the dimensions, the way it fit, everything they got in a dream from the Lord. And wow. so many people, I mean, to this day, I don't think I can meet a person who hadn't lived in this house. I mean, I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but Buck and Elaine had a huge heart and they took so many people in and healed so many people's hearts and people, I could probably tell you, you could probably name almost any ministry name that multiple people would know and they would have stayed here because but what I love, Buck Petty was, and again, he just passed, but Buck, and one of the things I shared recently with a group was that he he never he ministered to people from his heart from sitting on the front porch from giving them a big hug from being a father he never built a ministry did a nonprofit did a name did a he didn't that wasn't who he was he was just a man mm-hmm. and I compare him to like a Billy Graham you know Billy Graham always says I was just a farmer's kid or whatever and I just basically said yes 
And I feel like Buck mm. was the same. He just kind of said yes. And he did a lot of things on this land that we may not even fully understand in our generation. I know he didn't see it all in his. I know he's going to now. He's in our cloud of witnesses. But anyway, this mm. this property, Buck was getting, when we came here in 2012, it hadn't really started yet, but they knew that their season of being able to steward this property was coming to a close. And right. people started prophesying over us and over, I mean, listen, a friend, a mutual friend of mine and yours had a dream in 2009 I remember sitting in the fuel station and him coming in and telling me this dream. And it basically described this house and this property to a T. And wow. this thing had been brewing, right? But we couldn't buy it and nothing in the natural. And so I don't have to go into details, but you know, when God's timing hits, you just you just go with it and he works out the details. And so we ended up here in the house and we lived with Buck and Elaine for almost a year. We used to laugh. We were like, well, if times get real bad, we'll just all live together. Well, we ended up living together, the four of us in this house (laughs) for almost a year. And I said to Buck, you know, there was a, there was a prophetic word. And I really, to be honest, don't know all the prophetic words about it, but Bob Jones had a prophetic word about a white buck. And there have been white buck sightings on this land. When Catherine, when we first moved here, Catherine was 12 years old. She came down one morning and she said, Mom, I had a dream last night that this white deer was eating out of my hands. She didn't know anything about anything. And so mm-hmm. when Bob Jones met Buck Petty for the first time, he said, oh, there's the white buck, right? Because his name's Buck and big head of white hair, <laughs> thick white hair. So wow. when we knew that we were coming in next, and yes, to buy the house, quote unquote, buy it. But Keith and I, we don't feel that way. We feel like we've come in to steward. This is not ours. Mm-hmm. We're stewarding something yeah. that God began many years ago with a man that was faithful. I asked Buck if he would, I felt like we needed to name the property after him. So that's where White Buck yeah. Farm came from. And wow, yeah, that's where that name came from. And so, you know, it's this has been a ministry house since the beginning. And we have... We haven't had any retreats here. We haven't we haven't done anything here except for somehow end up with a petting zoo. I don't know what in the world. There's quite a collection. Quite How many collection. goats do you have? I'm a goat collector. I have 16 goats. We have 16 goats. And everybody's like, do you breed them? Do you milk them? We're like, no, it's pre- it is pretty much a petting zoo. Now we have Randall the pig that we adopted. Now we have Pocket the pig. We have chickens. Mm. We have... But Catherine just moved out two weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. Wow. Congratulations know, to right? everyone there. I know. Yeah. New season of life. And so yes. now we're just like, okay, Lord, you know, we've got an upstairs with four bedrooms and this, that was where people always came and said, I don't know. I don't know what God's going to do with it. We're not, we're holding this about like we do women who gather just in the palm of our hands, very loose and open. Yeah. Absolutely. And and we'll be we'll be in prayer about that and uh we'll join with you in agreement that the Lord makes the most and everything that he's got in mind yes. for that. We've touched on quite a bit of stuff here. Mm-hmm. I'd like to kind of wrap this section up, but I really appreciate you being here. And I want to make sure anything else that you wanted to say that we haven't said here that I'd like to make sure and get that out. Well, I think the only thing I haven't said, Scott, was just going back a little bit to Kenya. I feel like I I just want to say, you know, we are 
we went back in January with a women who gather group. And I knew that, that we were going to end up, the Lord kept telling me he was going to send in the A team that I knew he was going to keep whittling it down. And so this trip that we're leaving for June 17th, I don't know when you'll put this pie, this out. If you hear this mm-hmm. prayer is always when you're going in to, you know, a third world nation is always appreciated. And we're going this time, Scott, with, I, I love what you said. And I have, faith for that, that God is going to show us because we're going in with a really small, it's me, Katie, Aaron, just a handful of others that really on the January trip, you know, we took, we took women and everyone was touched and I believe lives were changed, but there were a handful that had that, you know, that reaction that, that some do that there's something planted in me that this land is been here before time or whatever. So that's the group yeah. that's going in in June. And so we're going in really differently this time. I told the people on the ground that, you know, you know how Kenya is. What do you want to do? They want to have us really set and, and entertain you and all those things and, and show love on you. But we just told them we wanted to come and be with them and mm. be on the land and pray because yes. we feel like the Lord wants to do something there. And so, yeah, I think I would just end with that just yeah. for anybody to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's an that'll continue to unfold. But I do think some things are going to open up for you guys when you're there Mm -hmm. in terms of maybe some clarity and a different level of seeing or it being revealed some more of the purpose that you you guys are going there for that you're discovering as you go. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. How do we find out? I mean, where do we keep in touch with women who gather in White Buck Farm and Elizabeth Braswell? Well, I looked for a blog. Yeah, I didn't. I have ElizabethBraswell.com. Actually, I need a social media manager if anybody's listening to this and wants to come here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't, because everything really, honestly, Scott, has been so organic up to this point. I haven't like. Mm-hmm. put major stuff out there. I have a private Facebook group for women who gather yeah. that we accept and love women to pop into. Yeah. So I can give you like my email or, you know, right now, elizabethbraswell.com is the blog where I'm just writing a little bit and putting stuff up there. And of course we're, I'm on Instagram and Facebook too. That's awesome. Could we find pocket the pig from your Instagram? You could. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Something tells me you're going to get a lot of hits on that, right? based on what you said. Yeah, she'll far out past mm-hmm. me in followers, I'm sure, overnight. Pockets going viral. She's going viral. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then White Buck Farm is also on Instagram. And yeah, well, thank you oh so much God, for being I love here. Being with you. Um, so fun. Yeah, we'll we'll catch up in person again. And I was, I saw you on the mountain. Not a white buck farm. Where? But the other place. And you ask Keith. You just ask Keith. That'll settle. What place? Were we were renting anyway, when we first got here? If we want to bet some money, now this would be the, the time to do it. I'm kind of thinking it. about doing that. Because I think. Last, you want to bet some money? Yeah, I think I do. I think the last time, okay. I think the last time that we saw each other, we were we met at that Mexican restaurant down okay. somewhere. You remember that? We sat outside or something. I do remember I, you and I, and Josh, and, and Josh, uh, yep, yeah, yeah, and Keith. But I would put money on it. 
and we can discuss off the air okay. what amount we would do. But if Keith and I both say so, then you'll have to. You're going to have to. I'll pay up. I'm. I'm a- you'll have to. You'll have to. Fair enough. Well, thanks. Thanks for being here, ElizabethBraswell.com. Elizabeth Braswell, not Liz Braswell, but Elizabeth Braswell on Facebook or Instagram, White Buck Farm on Instagram as well. All right. Thanks. Stand by for me, E. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you. We'll we'll look forward to catching up with you on some afterglow after you guys get back from Kenya as well. Can't wait. We'll do it for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And I am Scott McClellan for your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Missions Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on from the forefront because of their forefront missions experience or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.